The Philadelphia 76ers are going to the conference finals. That's right, I said it. The Philadelphia 76ers are going to the conference finals, and I give them a legit shot to pull off an upset over the favored Boston Celtics. It's the cipher. Why do I think the Philadelphia 76ers are going to be in the conference finals? It's because of Ben Simmons. It's because of Joel Embiid. It's because of the arrival and the improvement of Dario Saric. It's because I expect Markel Fultz in his second year, let's say his full season because he really hardly played, I expect Markel Fultz to be impactful on both ends of the floor. Think about what Simmons did last year without a jump shot. 16 points a game, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 54% shooting. That's without a jump shot. If Ben Simmons can bring in a consistent mid-range jump shot, I'm not even talking about the three, but if he can just make you respect his mid-range jump shot, he's going to be that much more devastating when he's penetrating and attacking the basket. When you think of what Embiid can do in the post, his footwork, his counter moves, and his ability to turn and face you, not to mention he can shoot from 16 to 18 feet with great efficiency. He's extended his range to the three. Now, I think he needs to be more efficient with his three-point shooting, and I think he will be. Embiid has not reached his peak. And the only reason he's not ranked higher in the top 10 is because the fear of injury. Embiid has yet to prove he can play a full 82-game season. But Let's assume he plays as many games as he did last year, which was 63. Let's say he, he plays 70 games and he plays more than 30 minutes. Let's say he plays 34 minutes per game. I'm expecting a monster season from Embiid. I'm expecting Embiid to average 25 points, 13 rebounds, a couple of blocks, and around four assists a game. I think Simmons will improve upon last year's numbers. He'll be closer to around 18 points a game maybe nine assists. I think Simmons will almost average a triple-double. Then you factor in what Sarge did, giving you 14 and seven. I think Sarge is kind of like the the forgotten guy when you look at this young core. Simmons and Bede and Folks are the big names, but Sarge is only 23 years old. He's 6'10". He can play in the post, and he can shoot from three, and he shoots a higher percentage. Sarge takes five threes a game. And he shoots 39% from three. So he's a legitimate three-point threat who can play in the post. He can also get your rebounds. He's physical in the post. When you think about that core, Simmons, Embiid, Sarge, Foltz, I don't think there's a better young core in all the basketball. Boston has a lot of talent. Yes, Tatum, Brown. Factor in that Kyrie's still only 26. Marcus Smart. Terry Rozier are both 24 years old. Yes, Boston is young. They have talented players. And I think Jason Tatum may ascend and become a superstar caliber player, at least an all-star. But I think when you look at Ben Simmons, when you look at Embiid, I think both of them are on the verge of becoming superstars. And Dario Saric has a chance to make himself into an all-star caliber player. The great mystery is probably Fultz. When I look at Markel Fultz, 
I don't think the pressure is on him to come out and have to average 15 or 20 points a game. If he can average 12 to 14 points a game and use his athleticism, if he leans on his athleticism on both sides of the floor, he's going to be impactful. I can see him averaging between 12 and 15 points a game, five rebounds, four to five assists a game, and maybe a couple of steals. With his length, with his quickness, I think Fultz has a chance to be an all-NBA defender. And by the way, Ben Simmons has shown his ability to play defense at an elite level. Embiid was in the Defensive Player of the Year running. So when people get caught up in their offense, in the excitement, in their ability to run, do not forget that this young core, they were the fourth best defense in all of the NBA. So, yes, I understand why people are excited that Kawhi is on the Raptors. And I know when you look at Kawhi and a proven veteran like Cal Lowry, along with Valanchunas and Serge Ibaka, because they've been together for years, at least the core of that, with the exception of Kawhi, and I think chemistry is key. I can see why people thinking LeBron has left the East, Kawhi is in the East, and if you really believe Kawhi Leonard is a top five player, the assumption is the Raptors are going to be in the conference finals playing against the Celtics. I disagree. I will take the young core of Simmons and B, Folks and Sarge over Kawhi, Valanchunas, and Lowry. And I'll win every time. This team will be in the conference finals. The only thing that will prevent this team from meeting the Celtics in the conference finals is health or an injury. And when they meet the Celtics in the conference finals, it's a seven-game series. And it's going to come down to who can execute better. Boston has played together longer. They've got a deeper bench. But I think we're talking about two superstars versus a very good team with a couple of all-stars. I'm going to give the Sixers a legitimate shot to pull off the upset. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think they have a legitimate shot. Let's not forget, they did add a veteran swingman like Wilson Chandler. A guy like Mike Muscala who's going to give them depth at center. The Sixers have every component needed to not just go on a deep playoff run, but pull off a major upset in the conference finals. Don't write them off. I'm going to show some love to some unsung players. These are guys who not, are not necessarily stars, but I think they're impactful players, and they're the kind of players, when they play alongside stars, their level of play rises because of their versatility and how hard they compete. So let me start with DeJounte Murray of the San Antonio Spurs. I think DeJounte Murray is going to work himself into becoming a solid starting point guard. I also think he's going to be one of the best defenders in the NBA for years to come. A lot of people don't know this, but DeJounte Murray was second team all NBA defense last year. And what's crazy is in the history of the NBA, there's only been two other guys who made all NBA defense in their second year in the league. And that was Patrick Beverly and D Wade. So DeJounte Murray is in great company. His length, his quickness, and his ability to make people pick up their dribble makes him impactful and devastating on defense. 
Again, we're talking about a guy that's 6'5 with a 7 foot plus wingspan. And Murray's not just selling for being a great defender. He worked all offseason on his jump shot, which was a struggle for him last year. He worked with a great shooting coach, well-known throughout the league, Chip England. And I think that he's committed to becoming not just a good point guard, but maybe an all-star caliber point guard. So I want to show him some love. I'm a fan of his work ethic. I like the way he plays. All the best. Let's show some love to Terry Rozier of the Boston Celtics. Everybody knows how well Rozier played in the regular season once Kyrie went down. But he took it up to another level in the playoffs, averaging over 16 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. Many times throughout the playoffs, he was the Celtics' best player, right beside Jason Tatum and Al Horford. Now, he did struggle in Game 7 versus the Cavs, as did Jalen Brown and a few others. But that doesn't negate how well he played or the impact that he had on the Celtics. I like the fact that Rozier is versatile on both sides of the floor. I like the fact that he's comfortable running an offense and playing off the ball. I think Terry Rozier is going to earn himself a big contract, be it with the Celtics or with another franchise. Spencer Dimwitty of the Brooklyn Nets. He's in his fifth year, but I thought he had a breakout season for the Nets. I'm not saying Dimwitty is going to, become a star but I do think when you look at his skill set when you look at his length he's six seven and his wingspan he has a skill set that mirrors Sean Livingston I don't know if he has Livingston's talent but he does have some of his same skill sets and I think that on a contender or on a playoff contender he's a lot more valuable as a swing man I think if you have Dimwitty and he's your sixth or seventh man you're a legit title contender. One more name I'm going to toss out. He's almost a forgotten name because he started off so well in his NBA career and he struggled the last three or four seasons. Michael Carter Williams. I think Michael Carter Williams as a rotation player on the Rockets playing with Chris Paul, playing with James Harden. I think he's going to find his role, his ultimate NBA role as a swingman who can defend, he can run the floor, and he can rebound. I think Michael Carter Williams is going to have a solid season and be he's I think he's going to play himself into the Rockets regular rotation. I think he's going to be impactful for them because he still has the ability to run a team. But I think he's much better if he's running the floor, cutting back door, and using his size against smaller guards. So look for Michael Carter-Williams to have a really solid season for the Houston Rockets. Always want to show the Facebook fam love, even when we disagree. So this is from my dude, Mikael. Mikael says, I don't understand how you don't see that Steph Curry is the second best player in basketball. Steph Curry's shooting ability, his defense, his ability to create for others, his basketball IQ makes him the second best player in basketball, not named LeBron James. Mikhail, I disagree. And here's the thing. Let's start off with the obvious. Let's give respect where respect is due. Steph's a two-time MVP. He's also the identity of the Warriors. I actually agree with that. He is the identity of the Golden State Warriors. But he's not their leader. The leader, the emotional leader in that team, that's Draymond. Good or bad, it's definitely Draymond Green. 
And while I respect Steph and his abilities, the greatest shooter in basketball, maybe the greatest shooter in the history of basketball, and he can do it off the dribble in his range, it makes you play defense differently. You have to extend your defense out 35 feet. So I respect and acknowledge all those things. But Steph's not a better basketball player than Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant does everything Steph does. He doesn't have quite Steph's range, but he shoots the three as well as Steph does. And he's more efficient at shooting the two. He also can put the ball on the floor as well as Steph does. He's also seven feet tall. I like Steph, respect Steph. But the truth of the matter is, if we're actually ranking players the way they're supposed to be ranked in terms of ability, not just one ability, but overall ability as a basketball player, Steph's not in the top five. But I'm not with crazy talk. Here's crazy talk. Sage, LeBron James better than Kevin Durant by a whole lot. I think AD is the second best player in the world, unless Kawhi is healthy and then I don't know. And then you have Giannis, who already... Giannis has already made an impact on the league. No argument there. He's also coming off his best year in the league. 26 points, 10 rebounds, just under five assists. But if you're that guy, if you're the superstar that Max Kellerman thinks you are, the guy that I think you one day will be, if you're that guy right now, you don't lose that series in the first round to the Celtics. You're the sole superstar in that series. You've got a legitimate swingman sidekick in Chris Middleton. You've got Eric Bledsoe. You had Jabari Parker. You can't lose that series, and yet he did. As far as Kawhi Leonard goes, clearly Kawhi Leonard is Max Kellerman's second favorite player in the league. I like Kawhi. Kawhi is a great defender who turned himself into a very good offensive player. But Kawhi's best year in the NBA which was the year before last, 25 points, just under six rebounds, three and a half assists, doesn't exceed what KD did on the Warriors last year with 26 points, seven rebounds, over five assists a game, and just under two blocks. Let me also add, KD shot 51% from the floor, 41 from three, and just under 90 from the free throw line. Look, I'm a fan of all these players. And, and the most difficult thing to do is rank them and get caught up in that kind of thing because people get hurt or upset because of where their favorite player is ranked. But as a basketball player right now today, yes, you can make a case that AD is number two, but I would still go with KD because of what he just did, what he's coming off of. He is now the two-time finals MVP. LeBron is the best player in the game. There's no question. We're not debating that. But to just say in a matter of fact way that Giannis and Kawhi are better than KD. That's crazy talk, Max Kellerman. You know better than that, fam. On tomorrow's show, we'll do some old school. Come up with some old school matchups. Maybe we'll throw out some old school numbers with respect to some of the former greats that are kind of like gone but not forgotten. And we'll also talk about some up-and-comers that nobody's really talking about. Shout-out to the Anchor app. Shout-out to the Anchor family. Facebook fam, good looking out. The best part about doing this now is not just the communication. It's not just the back and forth. I love the fact that I just now started adding, like, little cuts of hip-hop. I'm going to leave you all with another cut. 
Just a taste of it. It's the cipher. Next time. 